Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hand Me My Purse is a production of iHeart Podcasts. So as I was perusing Michelle Obama's internet, I found this quote, and I want to share it um, today. It says, don't be afraid to fail in public. People who are doing the work will be too busy to judge you for your shortcomings. People who are spectating wish they had the courage to jump into the arena. And that was from an account uh, on Instagram and on threads. If you're not on threads yet, go check it out. It's kind of fun, especially since Twitter has now become X. And um, that's a clusterfuck in and of itself. But go check threads out because threads is kind of uh, cool. But anyway, the account is Michelle or Michelle Clark. Michelle C. Clark, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-C-C-L-A-R-C. I love this because my favorite, people are afraid to fail. Me, in particular, definitely terrified to fail. But I think it's interesting. Um, this is something that I'm going to hold on to for a long time, and it's this this part. People who are doing the work will be too busy to judge you for your shortcomings. People who are spectating wish they had the courage to jump into the arena. That is so true. And that is something that I tell my cheerleaders all the time. People are going to have things to say about what you do. You know, it wasn't good that good. They're not that good. You're not that good. She fell down. She didn't know the stuff, whatever. But the people who are actually doing work, like hard work, and who know what it's like to have to do whatever it is you're doing, 
in the case of my squad, like get up and perform in front of people. Or in your case, it could be, you know, being an attorney. It could be being a single mom. It could be being a widow. It could be a sing- being a single dad. Um, people who are doing work don't have time to judge you because they got shit to do. And people who are just watching and spectating as life passes them by, they wish they had the balls to do something exciting, invigorating, innovative, inventive, daring. But they don't. So they just sit on the sideline and talk shit about people who do. Leave them there. Can't see the thing around me. Okay. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. I am Mimi Walker, and I will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast. So go ahead and get comfortable. Get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage, whether that's a healthy green smoothie, a caramel macchiato, or a double shot of tequila chilled with some lime juice. Go light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage, and just get ready to chill out. And have yourself a good time. What's up, friends and kin? It's Mimi Walker, resident Auntie Supreme here at Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. And I am currently sipping on just some room temperature water, but earlier today, I had two tequila sunrises with real liquor. This is for my guest uh, today. This is part two of an interview. And my guest, Amber, abhors cheap tequila. And today I went to a hood spot with happy hour. And I had two tequila sunrises. And that's what I opted for. I've already taken two Tylenol extra strength for protective measures because I do have to get up and go to work tomorrow Uh, because cheap tequila ain't your friend. And I usually don't get headaches or hangovers with tequila. What the fuck is tequila? Or some other stuff. With tequila, but with cheap tequila, you gotta be more careful. So there's no way that I was not going to take any Tylenol to protect myself knowing I have to get up and go to work tomorrow. Nope. Ain't no way. So let's go ahead and do what? Get this party started. So for today's jam, I chose a song um, partially for the same reason that I chose the jam from the last episode, episode 59. And that's because my guest today is from California. She's from L.A. Uh, She grew up in L.A. in the 90s, just like me. But I did not know her when I lived in L.A., Ellieway. Whoa. L.A. So just to give some reference, growing up in L.A. in the 90s was a time, right? And there are certain songs that will take you back to said place and time. This song is definitely one of those for me. So I reached out and asked Amber. I said, you know, what song would you like for the jam to be? And I told her that I was thinking about this song and she immediately laughed because it's It's kind of funny. It ain't kind of funny. This song is fucking hilarious. 
So, of course, she laughed and said, absolutely, go with this song. I freaking love West Coast rap, especially the songs that, you know, have that kind of energy where if you didn't live it, you just won't get it. And guess what? We are totally okay with you not getting it. The name of this song is called Leave My Curl Alone. We all know that dudes in the 90s in California loved a Jerry Curl. You know, people in California sometimes are a little, um, I don't want to say late with trends that start on the East Coast, but of course, Jerry Curls were kind of in and out on the East Coast in the 80s. By the late 80s, people weren't really wearing Jerry Curls in uh, on the East Coast, but on the West Coast, <laughs> no ma'am, Pam, they were definitely still wearing those things, particularly the men, particularly The gang members, which is so funny, which makes this song even more funny because this gentleman definitely was in a gang, if I'm not mistaken. I do believe he was a blood. And um, anyway, the name of the song, like I said, is called Leave My Curl Alone. It was uh, released in 1991 by a rapper named High C, who was pretty popular in the 90s on the West Coast rap scene. And I learned today that he has the same birthday as one of my best friends. And he's only five and a half years older than me. Wow. Also, he's from Compton. Shout out to Compton. Let me go ahead and just uh, read these lyrics to you. And they go like this. Leave, leave, leave my curl alone. You can cut your hair, do anything you choose. Just leave, leave, leave my curl alone. Every single night before I go to bed, I rush the world of curl, put the bag on my head. And if it comes off, the gel gets tossed on my pillowcase and all up on my face. Listen, just like the song from part one of this interview with Amber, I fucking love this song. It immediately takes me back to growing up in Compton in the 90s. And that to me, for me, was when West Coast rap was in its prime. And, you know, there isn't really much more to say. This song is a an acquired taste, and it's usually for people from California who were teenagers in the 90s. If you don't like it, I don't care. If you have something to say about it not being good rap, I don't really care about that either because I like it. And Amber likes it too. And so do most of the rest of the people who grew up in the 90s in L.A or in California, period. It's just a part of, you know, my growing up in Compton story or like, you know, the story of growing up in L.A. or in California in the 90s. So let's go ahead and get this porty started because we got shit to do. And one more time, shout out to Compton. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, 
And then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Okay, so friends and kin, we are back. Uh, 
with my cousin Amber. She is like my black people cousin. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's my play cousin. Right yeah, my play cousin. Um, and we are going to continue our conversation. And I feel like we left off at a good place. We talked a lot about the 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 lead up and what it was like before. And we got to know a little bit more about who you are. I want to know about what the experience was like. You're in there. So now you're in prison in this camp with mm-hmm. the oncologists and the <laughs> tax fraud attorneys and the accountants and the judges and the doctors. I want and black women, white women, mm-hmm. Latino women, mm-hmm. Asian women. I want to know what was it like being incarcerated in federal prison? Take me through what a typical day for you looks like. Or looked like. Because I rebuke you, Satan. This ain't ever <laughs> happening again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Facts. So you, one of the things about prison is that you don't have to make any decisions for yourself. Mm. You don't have to make any decisions about what you're going to wear mm-hmm. because you only you have a uniform. What was your uniform? So you have to wear khaki pants. Nice. A brown t-shirt with Ugh. a cat khaki button up over it. And you have to wear a steel-toe boot and a belt. Every day? Every day, and the shirt has to be tucked in. During Oof. working hours, which brown? are- Brown? Oh, I would have been Which is from so nine upset. to- I hate nine to wearing four brown. Because you have count at four. Count is- Like check-in. Yeah, everybody okay. has to be in their cell, and the, the guards come around and count you. This is how they can account if you if someone has escaped or not. Mm. Um, has it, did anybody try to escape while no. you were there? But yeah. So this, it's really hard. We were in a small town. So outside of the population of the prison, this town had 100 people. Well, okay, you're going to get caught. You're immediately. Yeah. And then you don't know, like these mountains, like I kind of knew the, the lay of the land since I was the town the driver. Around. But guess who was going to stick out like a sore thumb? Your My black, black ass. ass. Exactly. Your black ass. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it was just fine. So anyway, you get up. You have to get dressed. You can't just... Everybody look. gets up at the same time. They turn on the lights. Oh, lights okay. out lights at 10, on. lights on at, at, at um, 6 a.m. Oh, jeez. Okay. okay? So this is standard. Yeah. And you don't have any choice. Like, that's it. So you get dressed. And so, again, like I said, you don't have anything that you have to be responsible for while you're incarcerated. You just have to get up. You have to get dressed. Your meals, you can go to the dining hall three times a day. Mm-hmm. Everything is kind of planned out for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about it, mm-hmm. right? And so that's also a disservice when you're coming out of prison and you've mm-hmm. been incarcerated for many years mm-hmm. to come out and then you have to make these decisions, decisions. and choices for yourself. You don't and have any the, and bills to pay while yeah. you're incarcerated. Like it's just a lot of stuff that you just don't have to deal with. But on top of that, going back to what we talked about in the previous episode, mm-hmm. they leave you with so many decisions to make and so many things to have to navigate because like, okay, I need to get, I need help, mm-hmm. right? And what if I don't have any support? Right. Or even if I do have the support of my family, I need assistance. Am I eligible for assistance? Am I eligible for this job? Mm-hmm. Who's going to help me write a resume? How am I going to account for the time that I was not in the workforce? Not only that, when you are on probation, when you first leave prison, you have to get a job. Mm. Now, I lucked out 
because I came out right when the pandemic started. Okay. Okay. So nobody was hiring. So they made a lot of leeway, mm-hmm. you know, or, or or they gave, they were very generous in that aspect. Right. Like most people weren't going to be able to get a job yeah. coming fresh out of prison because a lot of companies and things were just, just weren't cool. hiring. Exactly. And they were shut and they down. Were shut down. Yeah. You know, the economy was shot. So, but I can't imagine. I had my own business. Mm-hmm. I owned a bar. Mm. Oh, you know, so I didn't they wouldn't let me. Yeah, so they would not have let me work at my own establishment Mm-mm. coming out of prison. I, I still would have had to get a job, and that blew That's me. Hard. That was like because yeah. I mean, like, but what if that was your only means mean of income? Like, exactly. what if you were an entrepreneur and that was it? Yeah. And I mean, I was an entrepreneur and I was also in education, yeah. right? So I couldn't work in education again. No, and I could so not you work. Were fucked. So what was I about to do? Yeah. You know, so luckily I came out and I was able to not have to get a job. Okay. But anyway, I digress. So you get up every day. You have to have a job when you are in camp, in okay. prison. Okay. Okay. And where and you I were was. the town driver. But before that, I worked in cottage maintenance, which meant I cleaned. The toilets. Wow. You know, <clears throat> so th- let me just say this. <laughs> this, like I, I'm hearing you talk and there are so many lessons in um, the things that you're talking about. But for me, when you just said that, that is a huge lesson in humility. Baby, because not everybody lives how you are accustomed to no, living. I clean my toilet like every other day. Okay. And, and nobody's there but me. No, I understand. Yeah, but I don't want to see, Say hey, less. what happens? What happens? Yeah. So my situation, so you have a, like about 200 women mm. sharing a total of about mm, 12 to 20 restrooms okay. a day. Because you don't, you don't have a toilet in your cell? Uh-uh. Not here. Oh, you got yeah. You got to go. And you guys use like it. dorms. Yes, it was okay. like a it was like a, dorm, a big ass dorm, a big ass dorm. Mm-hmm. And the issue again is with hygiene. I would find uh-uh. um, somebody was always. Let with, me just go ahead and drink this first. Yes, because Ooh. I don't want to. You know. Yeah, because I have a weak stomach. So. Okay, well, we won't. I'm not going to tell you what mm-hmm. I found. I would find Thank onions you. in the shower. Okay, because people were stealing produce and. And washing it in the shower. Okay. Okay. Um, there was a culprit that would take a panty liner and roll it up mm. and just stick it all the time somewhere in a stall. A Not shower a stall. dirty one. Oh, it was, I don't know. what I didn't open it, but I know yeah. it wasn't clean. Oh, okay. okay. That's nasty. Yeah. And all right. I'm and sorry. you know what's fun? I work at a school. Mm-hmm. Girls are Far nastier than boys. Oh, I know. I mean, disgusting. People would urinate and do feces in the shower. Nice. Like what? 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 What is your? You know, my question is, what's your game plan, there, friend? But, yeah, but so that was like, so that was my initial job, mm-hmm. right? The toilet cleaner. And you know, Cottage. my bougie, let me tell you about my bougie ass. Mm-hmm. You know how much money I made? You know what the standard <laughs> salary, salary is for a federal prison? Three dollars, five dollars and twenty-five cents a and month. Oh. A month. Did you did you hear me? And now what? And now no. yeah, no. No ma'am. A no and a month. I was making five dollars and twenty-five cents a month. Now let me tell you what that does for my books. Nothing. 
Yeah, you can't. How, and so my next question was, how much was like oodles and noodles or ramen? Everything is marked up. So oh, in the grocery is, store, oh, no, you know, this, this is, is really it's, no, it's a money sick. making scheme. So if you're paying 29 cents a pack of noodles in the mm-hmm. grocery store right now today, mm-hmm. you're paying a dollar something for a pack of noodles in prison. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And the, the thing is like, you don't have to even get snacks. Like snacks is is, is a luxury mm-hmm. while you're in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay, now prison food is absolutely disgusting. Okay, but if you have to survive on it, mm-hmm. then so be it. Mm-hmm. But what you cannot survive on is no hygiene. Yeah. So you have to buy soap. You mm-hmm. have to buy body wash. They you have to buy deodorant. Up. They don't provide that. No, ma'am. You have to prove wow. that you are something called indigent, which means that nobody is sending you money in. Or anything, and or and and it takes the the deodorant that the prison provides. Jesus, it's laughable. And a lot of times, you're doing manual labor, like you're cleaning a toilet, you're doing outside, outside landscaping. Labor, like yeah. there's stuff that, so it's stunk. You can't be out here fucking around with weak ass deodorant. You know what it's I mean? Stunk. Well, some people's hygiene. I knew one woman. We had to we used to make her get in the shower, and not we. I wasn't, yeah. but the guards. No. The, the warden? In, the other uh, people that I was incarcerated with. I don't oh. like to use the term inmates because okay. it's degrading, but well, for essentially camp, that's what it is. The camp members. Us, yes. The camp mm-hmm. Other people I was incarcerated with. Other yes. camp members, my fellow campmates. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, because her husband had gone to, to prison. Whoa. Okay? And the smelly lady. So she was stinky. She would mm-hmm. pee-pee on herself. Oh. There, she was there some mental health? It it. it there may have been a lot of different things, okay. right? And she pee pee on her. I love that she said pee pee. Pee pee. Yes, <laughs> you clearly have a small child. Small child, right? Yeah. And it should be like on her top bunk, and just she would sleep in her boots because her husband got went to prison for he was a sex offender wow. for a minor. Okay, so he probably did some sexual assaulting of her or no, her child. He when he was in prison, he got fucked up. Oh, and so you're, she no, was you're sad. gonna get fucked up if you are a sexual predator. And did they do that to ladies too? You were in a camp. I was in a camp. Not to take away no, from your. No, no, please, no. I, I understand, yeah. right? Like, so they weren't chasing not, you with a broomstick. They won't talk shove shit. It up your no, butt. Okay. no, no, nobody was doing that. Okay, because I saw that one time mm, in the show. Mm, you know, and, and you have to take some of that with a grain. Of yeah, salt. nope. I'm believing it all. It's going to keep me out of that motherfucker. I believe it all. Because she, you know, so she was scared. Her husband was like, shower with your boots on. So she would have her Oh, he was telling her. Because, you know, in men's prison, they're going to ski some baby oil in that shower. And they're going to come in there and they're going to give up if they they found out that you was hurting children. Exactly. Or doing something that goes against their code of ethics. So he was passing that on to her. And we were like, ma'am. Because she was like 50-something. She was black, white. White, white. Ain't no black woman gonna lay in the bed and piss her pants. No, we're not doing that. Because we would have flashbacks. From we're not childhood. gonna have, not even not shower. No. You understand what I'm saying? We're gonna risk it all yeah. to get these, to yeah. hit these, you know. Pits. You these bit, pits saying? and bits. The pits and bits. Yeah. And we, who, I don't wanna walk around stinking at all. No. Yeah. Like, listen, we, I'm not in, even alone. I'm in prison. I'm pumping my baby hair. They got oh, edge control. Really? On the commissary. Um, did people hold you down? Were people sending you money on your books? No, too much money. Oh. We're to the point where oh. I had... So th- what they do is I didn't owe any restitution because mm-hmm. I didn't owe any money from mm-hmm. the government because I didn't steal any money, yeah. but I did have to pay fines. And okay. because the judge, God God rest... He's still alive. I was going to say God rest his soul, but he gave me $40,000 worth of fines. Wow. 
because wow, right, exactly, wow. So what I had to do for was, no money for being no stolen. money being stolen for emails. but that's why it's fines and not restitution. Yeah. So when you're in prison, you have something called a, a FYP, and that's your federal. Um, what is it? Something uh, FRP, mm-hmm. your federal repayment plan. Okay, and it starts as soon as you get incarcerated. They take mm-hmm. the money off your books. Mm-hmm. So people that are gifting me money on my books for hygiene and stuff, it's coming off. It's to pay that forty thousand dollars. And then this is how they gauge how much money they take from you each month. So like around Christmas and stuff. And then I just had a lot of I had a lot of support while I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. Yeah, like I got visitors every weekend. Mm-hmm. I got. No lack of money on my books. I remember when Joanne yeah. came to visit you. Yes, a few times. You know, yeah. she brought my son, like, clutch. You know what I mean? And it was like, people, I'm getting like twelve dollars to $2,000 a month on my books. Yeah. So the feds are like, oh, good. This bitch going to pay this back. So then they set, they set what your... FYP is each month. Yeah, FRP is each month. Based on what you based get on what I'm bringing in, in. based wow. on the gifts that I'm getting in. So I to help you make it through this. To help me get my hygiene. To help me do video calls so I can video my son, which is six dollars a call. You mm-hmm. know everything. To even on you only get three hundred minutes of talk time a month. That's it. You can't pay for more. Mm-hmm. Period. Three hundred minutes. That's it. You don't need to talk no more. Exactly. Than that, and a fifteen minute phone call is three dollars and fifteen cents. Yeah. Okay. So. That's expensive. You understand what I'm saying? And also, I had a three-year-old. You know what he was not interested in doing? Talking to you. Period. Yeah. So I had to do the video calls. Those yeah. were expensive. I had to, to keep have his attention. I wanted to to not be funky. Yeah. You know, I wanted face. I needed, you know, black girl, I needed to brown you. I needed yeah. edge control. I needed, needed certain, the, situ- the you, Shea Moisture. Yeah. You know, whatever they you had. You can't just give me suave. Dax. Suave well, anything bang. black that they had on the commissary for hair, I was getting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Keep me laid. P- keep me laid. Okay? Ice me out. Ice me out. <laughs> I don't know who sings that, yeah, but you know that song. So, is it Sawiti? It is Sawiti. Yeah. Sawiti, I think. Sawiti. Ice me Sawiti. out. Yeah. Ice me out. That's yeah. right. Okay, no, you deserved to be iced out. Thank you. I, I felt like that, right? I'm already locked up. Mm-hmm. Ice me out. So anyway, I was paying like $600 a month mm. to the feds while I was locked up to the point where I had to tell people, hey, I made one person be the funnel to my books. Mm-hmm. Don't let... Motherfuckers get all willy nilly and put money on my books. Send it to him. Send it to this person. This person. And then this person is going to, when I call, yo, or email, hit these books. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because what happens is if you don't have your FRP, Mm -hmm. you get punished and you get removed from your cell and you have to sleep at something called the bus stop, which is out in the open by the guards. And you—that means you lose. You lose all any bit of privacy that you already don't have as as a prisoner. What the fuck? Do you understand what I'm saying? People were at the bus stop all the time because maybe it was Christmas and maybe you got an influx of money, and then they gauge that into your FRP, and so you can't afford to pay this because everybody's not giving you money all the Mm -hmm. time. And what the fuck? What about the people who didn't get any money? That's well, they, their FRP wouldn't have been set high anyway because they weren't getting well, they any still, money. But they still couldn't afford but, to pay. Then they just at the bus stop for their whole stint. That whole bid, they at the bus stop. It was people like that. That just slept that out just in the thing. It was out, no cell. No cell. You out in the open by the- Like by on the, a cot? On a, on a cot, a bunk bed. There was somebody on top of you. Mm. And you just out. Like as soon as you come in through the doors, boom, there they go. Where do you change your clothes? You have to. You're not. You're not allowed to change in your cell anyway. You're supposed to always go to the restroom to, to, change. to change because you could get a shot. They called it a shot, but a shot was like an infraction, 
And if you got a shot, they could extend your time in your prison. Your stay at the camp. Yeah. This sounds like a bunch of fucking bullshit to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm Were like, you surprised that it... So you said you got a lot of support. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Were you surprised that anybody didn't support you or didn't come through? or And not even about money. No, but just... But I mean, just I think there was moral support. one, possibly two people. Mm-hmm. Um, one person really, like, disappointed me. Like, I get that. I feel like she just completely... Um, People do that to you, me off. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other person, I mean, I feel like it was in her character, but I also just... Still. Like, I'm damn. But I cut that bitch off. Oh. Like, you're not... Cut that bitch off. Mm-mm, yeah. You're not doing that, right? Okay. But that was really it. Okay. I mean, if anybody else has felt a way about it, or what, I don't know. What and I don't way care. is it to feel? I was in prison. See I, how I yeah. self-corrected? I like that. Did you see, see that? Yeah, because the J. J-J-J-J. The J. How was, was you in your prison? prison? It was J-Prison. That should be the name of these episodes. J-Prison. J-Prison. <laughs> you know I'm going to make it that. <laughs> <laughs> A black woman stint in so, J-Prison. Yeah. So prison is also, one of the things about prison is that um, it is like living at a big junior high school. Wow. I just aged myself by saying junior high. Mm-hmm. Middle school. Right. Well, because you, I don't know, because I, I, the story that you're telling, it gives me a totally different perspective mm-hmm. based on what I know, which is television, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so, because I was going to say, well, maybe it's like a bunch of people who are a bunch of women, but everybody doesn't identify as a woman. Mm. It's Pride Month. It's probably not Pride Month. I'm recording this during Pride Month. It is. Really right, but it might not. It's, it won't be released but until. But there were mm-hmm. um, trans women at my prison. Trans, wait a second. And you had to, you had to um, be at a certain point in your transition in order oh, okay. to go there. Okay. Right, because you can't send... Someone dingleberries to a, a woman's prison. Well, I'm, I was not even like I don't even think that's going to be as big of a deal as if you were to send a a, so a trans woman to a man's prison. Yeah, no, yeah, that that's scary. Is very scary. Yeah, and could be very detrimental. Yes, right. I mean, with the women's prison, I think I read about something recently where there was a trans woman that was having intercourse with other inmates, but that doesn't mean anything because women. In prison, will you know have intercourse with each other? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So I didn't see that as a thing, but I just a feel trans like woman post op, like who has had? No, I don't the, think if you're, they won't let you come. That's what I was saying with the dingleberries. No, you like can come you in. It's just a certain. I'm not. I'm not an expert on it, and yeah. I don't know at what point. But it is like you. You are fully living your life as a woman. A woman. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right. Got and it. you can come, but because. You know, same sex um, relationships are, are very real. prevalent, yeah, and especially in prison. In like prisons. one of the things that I really noticed while I was incarcerated was that there is absolutely no political <laughs> correctness in prison. Right? Not saying that there should be, but it was really interesting to adjust from coming from the outside coming in. Right. Mm-hmm. So even when you're using um, terms for the LGBTQ plus community, mm-hmm. they're wildly inappropriate. Um, I would imagine. Right. And, and even and, at where you were, because these are supposed to be. No, no, no. And okay. there were a lot of queer women yeah. um, in the facility, mm-hmm. but they just, I don't, 
I'm not sure. Like it was very appropriate if two women were engaged in a situation to use the term bulldogging. Yeah. Well, oh, as a verb. Yes. Uh, I'd be like, oh, well, if you could come in and be like, where's such and such? Oh, she's out there bulldogging. Now, does that mean she's having actual sex? I or don't, just it could mean boot up. It could either. Right. Okay. Because one of the things is it is illegal for you to give consent as a federal inmate. What the hold the fucking because you are considered hold property. On, hold on, hold on, hold the on. The United States. No, what? No, what? What in the world is that? <laughs> Say that one more time. It is illegal for you because I have been drinking. Okay. okay, it is illegal for you to give consent mm-hmm. as a federal inmate. So even if you consent to a same sex relationship, which all of the same sex relationships that I knew that were occurring were consensual, one hundred percent. You had, you couldn't, it was illegal. So if someone found out about it or you got caught, that's an additional charge So to add to your sentence. You can't have same-sex no. relations in the prison? You cannot have sex in prison, period. I mean, I guess you can argue whether masturbation is a sex or not. Yeah. Yeah, but... But you can't have physical sexual contact with another inmate in when, when you're incarcerated. When you're incarcerated, you may not have... Um, consensual sex with someone else that is incarcerated mm-hmm. or with a guard or with anyone. Okay. Yeah. It is considered, it's not allowed. You can't have conjugal visits, even if you're married. N- sex is, is not allowed while this you are incarcerated. Wild, but you know, this is wild. In a federal prison only. Only federal prison. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in state prisons, you can get your book on? I mean, I think in state prisons, you can get um, conjugal con- visit, exactly. visits. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. I think the weird part to me is the it's illegal for you to consent. Because you are property. property. I'm telling you, this yeah. shit is like modern day slavery. No, it There's is, no, but that's the, I mean, only, it is. that's the only reason why prison is legal. Because like, I was think, saying like slavery, even like just coming right off the tail of Juneteenth. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Slavery is illegal except for the case of punitive damages, right? Yeah. Like for incarceration. Yep. So boom, here we go. Mm. And w- when it comes to Juneteenth, and I'm, you know, I was not an ens- enslaved um, Black American person mm-hmm. during that time, Mm-mm. but I did some reading and some research uh, a while ago on um, free Black people. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of bullshit around that too, though. No, like, and a lot of Black America people, is has been. Yeah, it's there are yeah, notorious. Yeah. It was a lot of like when you read in every state, every county, every jurisdiction had different laws and different things like you couldn't like kill a pig Mm-mm. if you were a free black you also, in Virginia. In certain places, you had to have a job and you had to have housing. Yeah. Or you would go or to you'd prison. be sent back or you would be sent back to your pl- pr- plantation, to which the plantation. was a.k.a. prison slavery. OK, so my point is. What's the difference? What, yeah, like yeah. what am I like? How am I at fresh least, off at least, fresh off this plantation? How am I going to find housing and a job? Absolutely, at least they could have sex. Mm. Actually, it was suggested. It was encouraged. Mm. Mm. So okay, so, so yeah, so no, no champagne in the boom boom room in okay. prison. Did you have a girlfriend in jail? I did not. So they have another oh, you're no term fun. that's political. Because I will have a girlfriend in real life. Okay, okay. there no, you I'm go. <laughs> Would you? No. I, don't, I don't know. But you know, there's no judgment. It, it, zero. But no. But I. There's something called gay for this day. Gay, like gay for a day. 
or but, gay for play. But this is I've heard these. You've things. heard these. But yeah. in when you're incarcerated in gay prison, gay for the stay. Makes gay sense. for the stay. Yeah, I get that. Right, and and a lot of that happens. Yeah, you well, know? I mean, in the words of Lenny Williams, you get lonely. Period. Oh, oh my yeah, god, people get lonely. You got to figure it. Out. You, you figure. know, I have this friend, and mm-hmm. we went to middle school together. And sometimes when I say this, and I say it often, people get really upset with me, or they want to argue me down. It's like you can't really argue with me because I don't know. I'm just repeating with what someone told me. Mm-hmm. He was a correctional officer at the time he told me this for at least, I want to say 15 years. He told me, and he worked at a men's facility. He okay. said any man mm-hmm. who has served uh, more than two to three years, definitely more than three years in um, prison or jail um, has had some kind of sexual encounter uh, with another man. And it, of course that doesn't mean everybody has. No, but, but he is, he he said likely. it is highly likely mm-hmm. that over 3 years he has had some and I mean when I tell you people argue with me and it's like I'm not I don't want to argue with you. Because, no, I, I know men that have admitted it that have been yeah. down 30 40 years I mean, but 100%. Like, and nobody's judging you cuz you're down 30 40 years. You bro. understand what I'm saying? Like you, know, you got to get it in. You, how you get it how you fit in. 100% literally and in. figuratively. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. One thing that I am curious about is what is the thing that is was most surprising to you, uh, not just when you got there, but now that you are home and you have reflected, what was the most shocking thing for you being in federal prison? So one of the most shocking things for me is that everybody had a similar story and there was such a wide array of women. Mm-hmm. I felt like everybody had the same scenario mm. where it was like... That don't make you like look at shit like, wait a minute, something's, something in the water, something in the milk is dirty. No, 100%. Mm. And that's what I said. Like we all were in there based on different charges. Mm-hmm. We all had the same story, just the level of harassment that you mm-hmm. get from the FBI, mm. the way they will tailor a story to you, the way mm-hmm. they will take as many charges as possible and throw them at you. And... Again, like I said, because I was at a camp, so there there weren't any violent crimes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure. Like, my side bunkie, that's the person who lived next to me, yeah. she had a 30-year bid. Whoa. Right? 30 years off of a non-violent offense. How, though? Do you understand what I'm Because this is federal prison. Yeah. And, and these are the things that I didn't necessarily understand. And this is what I was shocked about. And, you know... She had gone to trial, mm, and she again, didn't take the plea, right? Be, but do they know, offer everybody a plea? Well, because that's how they have such a high um, success rate. Mm-hmm. Because people take the plea, yeah. Because you're scared. Because you do hear about these instances where you're going up against twenty to thirty years, and and you get that mm-hmm. right. Because the 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 point is, are you going to really get a jury of your peers? Hell no. Exactly. So you got to rely on you not on a random. Yeah. Jury. In West Virginia? No. My, is that where mine they was you? in D.C. Okay, they're in right? D.C. I just I mean, went to they, prison in, in West yeah. Virginia. So wherever you're, persecute, you can persecute, be sentenced prosecute. and sent to prison throughout the United States mm-hmm. within the federal system. They claim they try to send you 300 miles 
from home at okay. least at, mm-hmm. at the most, yeah. but you can, it just depends on a, a matter of space. Mm-hmm. So, and they send you wherever, mm-hmm. you know? So if your family doesn't have the means to visit you, then you just won't get any visits, mm-hmm. you know? Well, so the, the wide array or the vast array of, of um, women and the, women. the amount of time. And how it. your and stories the, and were very similar. Very similar. And then the amount of, you know, to me, the lack of, Crime, mm-hmm. right? I know that people violence. Are, violence mm-hmm. Period. Like, like some women, I don't know. Did you do what they said they did? I don't know. Yeah. You know, but also my thing is, did it warrant incarceration or yeah. did it warrant garnishing someone's wages? wages. Did it warrant, you know, probation. community service? Did community it warrant probation? Service. Did it warrant ankle monitor? Yeah. Did it warrant living in a halfway house? There are a lot of other options, options aside absolutely. from incarceration mm-hmm. that could have been, you know, deployed at this point. But instead, they want to put you in because the, they need somebody to drive the people around to their mm-hmm. colonoscopy appointments. Period. Yeah, I did that. It. You did that. You, I did that. Yes. I was. I had, I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee that oh, I drove. Oh, fancy. Fancy. Because it's the feds and they have money. Yeah. Well, they have money because they hire. Sorry, they don't hire. They enslave people to mm-hmm. do their labor. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, they have money. Uh, another question that I have that is um, that I wonder about is what was the most difficult thing you were faced with? Because now that you've painted the picture for us about what prison life looked like for you for a nonviolent offender in a federal prison camp. Mm-hmm. Right. And some people would listen to this because, they're, you know, they're not thinking about the social emotional effects. Right. They're just thinking based on the narrative that the world, well, not the world, because prison in America is very different from prison in the world, but the narrative that you did the crime we have here. The time. Yeah, mm-hmm. the narrative that we hear, have here for, about what jail is like or prison life is like or incarceration is like. What was the most difficult thing that you had to deal with as a woman in a federal uh, prison camp with other nonviolent offenders? So I feel like, obviously... Leaving my child was Absolutely. difficult, but while I was incarcerated, I think one of the things you often worry about is just your safety. Yeah, you know, as a woman, mm-hmm. being very vulnerable, and especially me, who's handless. Yeah. Okay, I can't. You fight. said you've never been in a fight. No, I'm gonna get my I ass remember, beat. I remember when beat. you and Joanne were on live. And you guys were telling the story about how you guys were at a mall or something. Oh, and about yeah. How you guys, mm-hmm. you guys okay. can't fight. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I laughed for like uh, fifteen minutes. No, because we total. couldn't. Yeah, yeah. And then you, um, so after hearing that, and then being like, "Wow, she went to prison and she can't fight." Like, mm-hmm. what'd that look like? Yeah. But you never had to be in. You didn't yeah. get, I didn't get in a like, fight. Still, so like. Uh, so there was one woman who was absolutely um riddled with mental health. One hundred percent riddled yeah. with mental illness. And she had it out for me. Like Ooh. she would do stuff like um I would be brushing my teeth mm-hmm. and there's like a commu- community of sinks yeah. and then there's a mirror. And she would come and slide and get stand right next to me and stare at me in the mirror and be like <coughs> <coughs> You understand what I'm saying? Well, I was brushing my teeth. Mm. She was also, um, you know, a woman of a certain age, a little older than me. And I revered her. I called her by her last name, Mm -hmm. you know, Miss Such and Such. Miss Wilkins, Miss Jenkins. Yes, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But also, I knew 
that she would give me that work. Yeah. Okay. Well, and she had bold. been and she had been down for a long time. She okay. had she was able to work her way down from a more violent situation. Okay. A more violent institution to yeah. the camp. Oh, so, so you do she have was, some of those. So you do have people in there who do have violent offenses, but because of their their life. quote unquote good behavior. Yes. And I mean and I'm their talking extended stay, double digit years. Yeah. Yes. They moved her to a nonviolent facility because mm-hmm. she was so kind and gracious during her time at, at the, the violent facility. Violent facility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but right. Yeah. Got so it. So she um I mean but she did this to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like any like she was off. Oh, so it wasn't just you. No, but like but when she hones in on you mm-hmm. She focuses. Yeah. She doubles down. She too was a Capricorn. Well, and that means she was really committed, <laughs> really committed to her plight to Very much so. intimidate people. Yeah. Does she ever demand that you give her your crackers or something? No, nobody ever like came ran at down me and on was you? like, yeah, like ran yeah, down. Yeah, bitch, right. give me your applesauce. Yeah, come up off that. Come up off them noodles. You know no? what I mean? Like, no, none of that. Man. No, I know. See what I mean? See how they should. This Maybe that happens want. at violent I'm sure. Places. I'm sure. That's what. So that's what I'm really afraid of like, going yeah. to. A violent. I mean, but also like. I don't want to go to any of it. This is also young behavior. Yeah. Right? So I was With a lot of incarcerated lady, when I was in my lady. 40s. Yeah. Right? So I did not no. even try to make friends with people in their 20s. Yeah. This no. is the, You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I want to play bocce want, ball with the old I ladies. I want to go home. Yeah. I don't want to even meet people. I get it. I got one. I, got, I have a tunnel vision to get home to, to my, my son. son. Okay, yeah. and becoming the town driver helped with that because I did. I could leave the prison and leave the shenanigans because mm-hmm. prison is just like middle school. Yeah, it's messy. Mm. The women are silly acting. Like it is, Lord. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. who is not showering today? Who's showering? Oh, uh, bitch, you stink. Yeah, no, all of that. Oh, uh, you stink today. You ain't take no shower. Oh, uh, girl, yeah. Keisha ain't take no shower today. No, the whole, sorry, the whole, friends, like, sorry, friends mm. named Keisha. Uh, she, Lulu I mean, ain't take no like, shower today. She's on her period. Girl. She yeah, stinks. She's she like this, fish. Exactly. I told this one girl, the shower sheriff, she was standing around in the restroom to see who would get in the shower and who not. She was like, I saw her get in the shower and a stream of pee came out before she turned on the water. I'm like, why are you watching? Why are you someone? concerned with that? Yeah, why is this yeah. your concern? Yeah, why don't you go get a job? You know, because you doing don't something. Because you don't have anything else to do. Well, that that's was true. That was really shocking about prison too. What? I never imagined how boring it is. Well, prison because TV is makes it seem so like you guys have a lot boring. of things to. Ring. Well, I would imagine that it would be. But TV makes it seem like there's so many things like libraries. There are internets now that you can access. No, 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 no. no. You I did not have me. that. No. I had the core links and true links. Core links. Like Shout out said, to core links. Say, I have used yeah. that before. I know uh, what that uh, is. Uh, yes. Yes, Jamaican air horn. Yes, I can hear Jamaican, that. Yes. I can hear that. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to core links. I used that for like six years mm-hmm. when my friend was in. Or he was in be, a camp. Is it core links? I don't know. It's one core of Core links is yes, the one I used. Links. And then yeah. we, our side was true links. Okay. T-R-U. Yeah. Yeah. And this was core. Core link. I think just C. I don't know if it's C O R E or just C O R, but. I think it's C O R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I used that when a friend of mine was in federal prison. He had went to a camp. Yep. But, um, so, okay, I get that. It, it seems like that you guys would have a lot to do. We have nothing to do. No. See, there's nothing to do in prison but well, sleep. Well, you work. Sleep work and eat. Did you get to go on the yard, like on TV? Yeah, there is a yard. And lift weights. Did so they, the ladies do that? They removed all the weights from well, our I would imagine facility that would be... because somebody got um, 
you know, yoked up. I mean, somebody got fucked up by yeah. some weights, okay? And okay. so they removed all the weights yeah. from our facility. We did have um, some exercise bike. I think, what is that, an elliptical machine? Yeah. Um, there were people did aerobics classes and they led yoga classes. Oh, nice! I Prison hoop, yoga. I hula hooped. That was your jam. That was my jam. Did you have a hula? They let you have a hula hoop. They have a ton of hula hoops on them. They're plastic. Out on the yard. You could beat somebody's ass with a hula hoop, though. Yeah. Like for you could, real. Yeah. You could beat somebody's ass if you get them down mm-hmm. and then got the hula hoop. Talk about you it. could leave marks. Yeah. No, because there's a lot hoop. of things. Like you could beat somebody's ass with a comb. They have yeah. a comb? curling irons, flat irons, all of that. Oh, you guys have flat irons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said you had brown gel. You, you said was, you were serious was, about your baby hair. Oh yeah, I was definitely out here trying to pump my baby hair. But yeah. I have mostly adult hair, and it doesn't. Yeah. Really I pump. only have adult hair. Yeah, so like, I, don't, I, don't, I try. I, don't, I have no baby hair. Yeah. Like you, Thanks. my hair is shaved here, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you you would see if I had yeah, baby, baby hair. hair. Joanne yeah. has amazing. A, no, a baby Joanne hair. is. The, I call she her La Reina de baby hair. She's the, yeah. the queen of baby hair. It's and it's all natural. And it is baby. If it doesn't, it's really baby though. No, but if yeah. it doesn't baby, then it's not baby hair. If it doesn't lay, like if you just, I'm trying to pull some of this adult hair out. If you gotta take the brush and scoop it down, that's not baby hair. That's a bang. She's one of the only people I know that really has baby hair. Yeah, it's not many people on the planet. It's not. She's maybe the only person I know. Yeah, I don't have it. As an any. adult. I didn't have it as a baby. I don't think I had it as a baby. Either. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came out with adult hair. Yeah. No, you know what? When I was like, once I turned like two, that shit was over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Shout out to baby hair. Hit that air horn. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the black girls with baby hair. Yes. Shout out to all the black girls with baby yes. hair that don't Shout have to Shout out to poop. all the black girls in prison. Mm, yes. Damn. Damn. And shout out to all the girl, black girls in jail. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was enough of that. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Uh, how has this experience changed you? I feel like... For the, and if there's a positive, for the better and for the, worst. the not so better. We don't want to say the worst, even though it was the worst. I feel like... Coming out of prison, I've noticed definitely some changes about myself. Mm-hmm. One of them that I don't know how to feel about is that I, I'm not for everybody anymore. What you mean? I was very social mm-hmm. and I liked to be around a lot of people and mm-hmm. I liked to meet people. And now I don't. It's just a very select few I of individuals that, that I want to be around now. I get that. And I don't know that everybody understands that, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'll ask, like, oh, well, who's going to be there and what's happening? And I almost have little to no interest of meeting new people. New people. Well, it's funny. I've never been to prison, and I'm like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard in the line of work that I do, right? Yeah. Like, I am opening up a restaurant. I'm opening up a bar. So I was always very friendly. Yeah. Very you are very friendly. You know, and just, like, love to meet new people. And now I just don't, you know, I feel like who I mess with is who I mess with. Right. And um, so that's one of the things. Another thing is that it's just opened my eyes to incarceration in general. Right. Mm -hmm. Before I was incarcerated, I didn't think about people that were incarcerated. And also, if you did, I don't know about you, but all the shit you're telling me today, I never would have imagined. It's not the narrative that society has pumped into my brain. At all. Like, this is a sidebar, but like when it is a holiday, like a Mother's Day or a mm. Christmas, first of all, those are the worst times to be yeah. incarcerated, right? Yeah. But what we would do as 
people that were incarcerated together, we would come together. We would, you know the people that don't get money on their books mm-hmm. and that are not going to commissary each week. Mm-hmm. So we would put together baskets. Oh. We would give hygiene. We would give snacks. We would give whatever because whatever little money that they're making, that five twenty five a, a month, month. In, a, in a video call is $6. You, you got to save up for two months. You know, these are people with the children that haven't been able yeah. to video call yet because they're trying to buy their hygiene. So we would put together baskets that was and give it to them. That's you know, probably one of the benefits in, uh, of being with all women. It is. Yeah. It, definitely. I don't know if the men are doing this, but we were always coming together, doing a collection for somebody. If, if somebody new arrived to prison, we would do a come, welcome basket. Not like a welcome basket. Like you go because you don't you don't have access to anything. This is you like need, a church committee. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, you need shower shoes because you can't stand on that nasty floor. People are going to find stuff. Hey, here's some like a lot of women are very nice. I even when I first arrived, I had almost a prison mentor. Wow. Okay, you you go you go around with them for a few days, so they show you the ropes, the ropes. baby. Because the rules, it's going to take you down. I was like, this is so stupid. I can't even imagine. It's, Why? Why can't I walk on the grass? Why? Why? What does this mean? Why can't I go over here? What? Like everything I want to do like, my yoga in the grass. You understand? Well, why can't you walk on the grass? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Nobody explains it to you. You don't get any explanations oh. in prison. You just do what you're told. You just do it. It's not a very, you know, open situation where you can ask questions and change can you please help me out? Not the nerve. Okay. So what about since you've been home? Since you've been home, how long did you, how much time did you spend in federal prison? I was sentenced to 13 months. Okay. Did you get some, you didn't get time served because you went home. Right. I didn't have no time served. Okay. So you did 13 so months. So I did, well, I did 11 at the prison okay. and the rest I did in halfway house and ankle monitor. So I okay. did the full 13 okay. because when you're on ankle monitor, that is still, you're still under still observation of okay. the Bureau of Prisons. Okay. Right. So. And in federal, don't you have, you have to do what, 85% in, at their facility or I the be, ankle yeah, bracelet time it. counts toward the 85%? No, I believe you do 85% and then the rest. Mm-hmm. You can do the ankle monitor or halfway 11, house. Okay. And then I did two months. Okay. You know, got it. A got part it. of time from um, federal prison, you are not allowed to go home. You go straight to a halfway house. Things have kind of changed a bit since the pandemic, mm-hmm. and just trying to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you understand. But I mean, that was originally what it was. You going straight to the halfway house, whether you need it or not. Got it. When on the day that you got out, who came to pick you up? So my husband and my cousin, you had to have two drivers. I had uh, four hours to get to the halfway house in the ride, took four and a half hours. Wow. I really wanted to see my son, but I Mm -hmm. knew that he would not understand being in the car with me for four and a half hours. And then I'm having to leave again and go Mm -hmm. to the halfway house. Mm -hmm. So I had to make a really hard decision. And say that don't bring him. Yeah. But that goes back to what I said. Like for 11 months, you didn't have to make any decisions. And then the moment you get out, Making you have the- to make hard, like heavy mm-hmm. decisions. Not yeah. do I wear orange shoes or do I wear green shoes today to the beach? But I haven't seen my son in 11 months. Do I ask them to bring him knowing that he's going to have a hard time processing that mommy is not coming home with us or do I just ride this next month out and just see him after I get out of the halfway house? Exactly. That's a hell of a fucking decision. It is. Yeah. I mean, I had to do that. You have to make these very selfless decisions 
when I first found out I was going to be incarcerated, I basically at that point I was kind of running my business, but during the day I was with my son mm-hmm. and I had a nanny for two days a week. Mm-hmm. But what I knew was that it was going to be really hard for my son seeing me all day and most of the evenings to just transition and not seeing you at all. Period. So yeah. what I did was each each week I added on another, another day. day with the nanny. Yes, that was smart. And but I I wanted to spend as much time, time with him you, yeah. as possible. Absolutely. But I knew that it would have been very detrimental to mm-hmm. him in the end. And so these are the kind of decisions yeah. that you have to make if you want to be a strong mother. If you want to try and see to take at least some of the stress, right? The mental anguish. Mm-hmm. This social and emotional trauma away from your child. Right. Like you got it. You also got to mentally prepare them and they yeah. don't know how to mentally they prepare because they're kids. They don't. And and that was the thing. Like my sole purpose, my was to make sure my child was okay. You know? And that was just really that. So you also mentioned earlier um, that you had a bar. Yes. Before you went in. Mm-hmm. What happened with your bar? So my bar, um, my current business partner now, mm-hmm. she was so gracious and she managed it and ran my bar. But I came out right at the start of the pandemic mm-hmm. in March of 2020. I remember. I remember when you, we didn't know each other, mm-hmm. but I remember when you went in, mm-hmm. like to the weekend. Was well, it on a weekend? June was it a 1st, Saturday? On a Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have such a good memory, you but do. it's such a bad memory. <laughs> I remember when you went in and then I remember when you got out because I remember Joan was so excited. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I ended up, my lease was up. I got out in March, like April. Mm-hmm. My lease was up in October mm. and we had to shut down due to a citywide pandemic. shutdown for yeah. the pandemic for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I owned a restaurant together. So we were able to absorb those um, that staff mm-hmm. and oh. so that they didn't lose out on a job nice. because the restaurant was able to sustain itself because it had a whole carryout situation. Mm. We didn't really have a carryout, you know, situation. The food was... But you shifted. Yeah, you yeah. shifted. You know, yeah. you transitioned. And pivot, so, I pivot. think is what they called it at the we top pivoted. of the pandemic. Yes. You did a little piv. A piv. We pivoted and... I had already outgrown that space. It was only a thousand square feet, but mm-hmm. now my business partner and I are mm-hmm. opening up another spot. Okay, tell on me about the it. The H Street corridor. It's called Bloom. We're really excited about it. It is a safe space for queer people of color. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a coffee shop during the day where you can come and co-work. You can eat breakfast, you can eat lunch, and then it's going to transition into our happy hour and dinner, which is going to be kind of like a lively restaurant and bar. So mm-hmm. we're really excited about that. We have great outdoor seating, and it's thirty four hundred square feet. So, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So when are you when it, when are you looking to open it? Soon. Okay. Um, You'll come mm-hmm. back on the show when you open it. One hundred percent. Business partner. You'll on come you back talk. and you'll have to yeah, come, come and see and taste all the drinks. She's an amazing. Taste all the drinks. Sign me up. Amazing yes. bartender. So, so when you say that it is, um, you mentioned like queer people, mm-hmm. uh, but clearly you don't have to be queer to go there because uh, no. it's not. They're not going to check. <laughs> Your no, queer ID a, badge. It's for everybody, but it's a safe space. It's a safe space, right? For, there right. are not that many queer spaces left, even just in all of America, yeah. right? And and even if you look at the queer scene here in Washington, D.C., it's geared 
more towards white men. Absolutely. Right? And isn't that the case, period? Yeah, yeah. everything. But right, the, but especially this. Like, so when you go to these places, they're not going to play the kind of music that you might want to hear. You There's, won't hear Little Wayne. You're not going to yeah. hear Little Wayne. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then you're not going to also see people that maybe you can relate with or look identify. Like you. To, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they okay. look like you. Got yeah, right? And so, especially. If you're a woman, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like some of the men can slide in, slide out. But, you know, if you're a woman, it is very interesting. So there's only like nights. Some places will give you a night and it's still hard to find. So really, you're just relying on a party. What do they call it? It, it depends. You just have to know the promoters. You have to know. You know, because it's not like this is going to be like queer, black lesbian queer, queer right. night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also because within the queer community, there are people identify it as so many, so different, many different things. things. So you can't call it a lesbian night. Yeah, because it's hard to exclusive, keep up. Right? I have to be honest. I have a hard time excluding. keeping I'm up. sorry, not exclusive. Yes. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. It's a lot of different moving pieces. Yes. And because I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't really say much because I would never, ever, ever want to offend anybody um, in the queer community. Queer community encompasses all of LGBTQ plus IA. Or just plus. You could just say plus because plus. when you say the plus, but I... That includes I, the IA. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I would never want to offend anyone. It's so funny. Um, growing up, uh, one, my aunt is a lesbian mm-hmm. and she and I are so super close. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, being in college, I remember her telling me as a kid that, excuse my French, but that the word dyke was a bad word. Mm-hmm. I remember her telling me that. Mm-hmm. And so my whole life, like in my mind, like you don't say that word because mm-hmm. it's not kind. Right. It's it's a slur. And there are other things that you could say to identify mm-hmm. uh, women who are in same-sex relationships. You don't have to say that. And mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. remember I, I, that's just something that sticks with me. And I would never want to offend anybody because for what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people have a lot of shit with them. But anyway, you're opening this bar. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, well, it's a coffee house that turns into like a bar. Yeah, coffee co-working. Slash mm-hmm. yes. Coffee co-working. You know, because you like a workspace. Like a workspace. Yeah, like so for people who work from home, they could go 100% work from there. 100% if you just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. And then in the evening, it turns into a happy hour Night, like lounge, mm-hmm. lively restaurant. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for you. Yeah, and what it is is just I want to have an establishment, and this is what my previous establishment was: was whatever you are, whatever you want, whatever you're looking for, mm-hmm. we have it. Okay, right, and mm-hmm. and you can be yourself at all times. Yeah, because it's important, and just even knowing this myself, but even now post incarceration, like. Mm-hmm. I just want to be free to be myself. That's why I'm open about my story. I don't want to hide it. Yeah. However I am, I just don't want to be judged. Yep. You know what I mean? And you know what? That is so important that you said that because that is something that is so important to me, that people just just be you. Mm -hmm. And and not that everybody's not going to accept you for who you are. Everybody's not going to be accepting. Everybody's not going to be in a space of non-judgment. But there is a space somewhere for you to just be. 100%. And for you and for queer people in D.C., that space will be your bar. Queer or anybody. Yeah, no. Yeah, but it's definitely a a safe space for queer people to just black queer people. People of color. People of color. But you know I'm black. Yeah, you is. And my business partner is black. Black. That's how we say in Baltimore. Black. Black. 
Y'all is black. We like the blacks. Yeah, y'all is black. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Tell them about, tell my friends again about the Bend Down Project, because that is what really made me say two years ago, because this this interview is two years in the making. <laughs> it makes, it made me say, I want to sit down and have a conversation with her. I think that this is so fucking amazing. And I love reading the stories mm-hmm. of the women. Yeah. So the Bend Down Project is basically was after I had lied about the shaman, going to study with a shaman in the mm-hmm. rainforest in Brazil. I came out post-incarceration because I felt like so many women have a very similar yeah. experience as mm-hmm. I do. And I really just wanted to share this experience to make people know what it is that America is doing. And I shared my whole story. Mm-hmm. And it's just me being very transparent, me just putting all the lies aside and just talking about what happened to me and the things I experienced. And one of the things I do is highlight other women that were formerly incarcerated Mm -hmm. and share their experiences. And just because you're not celebrated, you know, but things are really difficult to do once you come out of prison. Like if you have a a job, if you are, you have back custody of your children, anything, you know, it's kudos to you because I know that you had to jump through a lot of hurdles and do a lot of things. So that's one of the things I do. I, help women who are in the process of being indicted, women who are incarcerated, and women who come out of incarceration. And that is really my purpose. Okay. Right? Pre, during, and post. Okay. And I, some of the stories are really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, How can people find you? So I have a website. It is thebendownproject.com. My Instagram is the Bend Down Project. Also, my TikTok is the Bend Down Project. Ben as in because B E E N. So yes. that's one of the, that is a common prison slang. This is how I came up with the with the topic. So once when I first got, got to prison, you could have transferred from another facility and come mm-hmm. to the prison where I was, and everybody was like, "So how long you been down?" Yeah, you know what I mean. And so I was like. What? So you know, been down. Um, I've never been down. Two days. No, you know what I mean. So, so that is like the bend down project. Like I've been down, and just kind of trying to take away that stigma, mm-hmm. you know, and just letting them know that everybody knows somebody who's been incarcerated. Man, who are you telling? And we just somebody, and we just don't talk about it. I'm going to tell you this, or yeah. somebody who has eluded being incarcerated. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody been running who has with been, warrants on their who head. Who has had experience with the legal the law. system. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is so awesome. And what about Bloom? Tell tell them about, you said maybe sometime this summer or in so the fall. So we're hoping um with DC there's a lot of hoops to jump through. So there's inspections and mm-hmm. waiting on the liquor license, which I can't get in my name because I'm a felon. Well, that's just another that thing. Sucks. That's a whole nother problem that we can talk about in a whole nother episode. But that is, I'm hoping soon, right? Because I need uh, 
you know, my bar to be open. It's it brings and me. And you want to have it in your name, and that 100%. that's gotta suck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like trying to acclimate back to society. What has been the most difficult thing for you trying to uh, acclimate back to this wonderful society? Um, dating. No, and you know. Who doesn't want me? It's really <laughs> clearly <laughs> dating. That's not a problem. That's another oh Capricorn. My God, the way so, they fall at my feet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my, I'm gonna just say, but social, like, yeah, I don't like you really said, like to you go don't out be around as much. People, yeah, I don't no want to be people. around. Do you feel like it's a people. trust thing, or you just value your time and your energy a lot more? I think I value I my time that. and energy a lot more, right? I because I know what it feels like again to get the rug pulled out from yep. underneath you for everything to be stripped from you. So now I just really want to invest in my important time and energy relationships. And, well, and people I'm glad that, really that you. Matter. I'm glad that you allowed me the time. I and mean, the space. it only took one two to years, come, right? Right. <laughs> But only to come in your home too. Thank yeah. you so much. No, but I feel like we have built that, right? Yeah. But that but like like two years ago, probably not. You would have been be like, honest. nah, yeah. sis, we can because meet on I a park bench. Exactly. Cause I also just hadn't even grown in my journey. Yeah. But then also like just even in, you know, the trust factor and yeah. everything. So. All things in due time. Absolutely. God doesn't make any mistakes. Give me three positives. I want to end on a positive note. Okay. Three positives about this entire experience from 2011 until 2000 and whenever you got out. So one positive is that I really, I I live my life to the fullest now. Mm. Because again, I know that in a, in an instant, right? It 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 can all just be snatched from you. Yeah. The second positive, and I don't know if this is really a positive or not, but I don't really have any fear. Mm. So I am. Whoa, that's that's serious. <laughs> right, like I am going to go after it. Yeah. If I want it, I'm mm. going to do it. Capricorns kind of do that anyway. They do, yeah. right? But now I do it even just like. No question. No questions. Dive oh, in, I think I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And so far it's, it's worked out. Good. And I don't know if I'm manifesting it or if I'm just, this is what I'm putting my mind to. Mm-hmm. And. Lastly, it's just also just really giving me an appreciation for life and mm. the people that I'm close with and that I love. Yeah. You know, just spending time with them, just kind of living in that moment, just kind yes. of always being contemporary. Yes. This is really what I want to be. I love that. Yeah. Always being contemporary. Mm-hmm. I think that those are things, not being fearless, mm-hmm. living in the moment mm-hmm. and valuing your time. Those are all wrapped in the Same thing, self-care. It's, it, oh, self-care. And, yes. Yeah. And those are things that I think that people take for granted, whether you've been incarcerated or not. Mm -hmm. Like those are just things that people just don't typically do. These are things that I have been working on in therapy for the past three and a half years, Mm. like trying to stay present, not trying to, no, trying to live and not from a place of fear. And Mm -hmm. also... um, Valuing my time, and because that's all tied into understanding my self worth. Yes, my time and my energy is priceless. So if I'm going to spend it with you, I have to be very um, conscious about the fact that I want you here, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I applaud you for that. Shout out to you. Thank Shout you. out to the Ben Down Project. Shout out- 
Shout out to my therapist. I love her. Hmm. She is the queen of life. She is it. a wonderful, Do you wonderful share her? woman. I need to get a new therapist. So I cannot share her with you <laughs> because she's not taking any new clients. No, I know. No, and it's nobody so funny. I had I, a therapist before when I found out I was going to prison because I was uh-huh. like, yo, this is heavy shit. Yeah. And then I had one and then I had the same one when I first got out for about a year. But I you need something dropped else. off. I just feel like it's good to have a therapist. Yeah. You, know? well, you wouldn't go back to that one? I could, you know. Did you guys have a good relationship? It wasn't a bad relationship. Okay. She helped me through prison. Like, she made me set yeah. goals okay. while I was incarcerated. I would say try her. Okay. Well, I, you know, sometimes people say to me, well, you try to um, hide your therapist. Like, you know, you don't want anybody else to have her. I love her and I, I, I like, I, I don't really want to share her. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. I can't because she's not taking any no, new clients. This is like, no, she's I, not. But I do have some... Uh, people that I could refer you to. Okay, well, but yeah, I would we'll say, talk yeah, we will. Yeah. We will. Shout out to my therapist. <laughs> Shout out to Amber. <laughs> Shout out to Bloom. <laughs> and shout out to all the women. Black, white, Asian, Latino that are doing bids. Yeah. Yeah, you may not get to listen to this, but yeah. if you have a family member who is a woman yeah. that is serving time in jail, in prison, federal, state, local, halfway house, ankle monitor, mm-hmm. love up on that lady. Please. Because you don't know off. what the fuck she had to endure. Mm-mm. And you don't know what she's going through coming out, going in. You know, love up on her and be kind. Yep. Are there any last words that you would like to share? Um, You know, cheers. Cheers, let's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really tea. Even though it's empty. Yeah. All right. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Okay, so for today's Straight Facts question, friends and kin, uh, we got a humdinger. Um, and when I say humdinger, I only say that because it, it's long. Um, and I'm excited to respond to it. And I would imagine that it is a relatively new listener, which I'm excited about. And I am going to go ahead and read this question. Uh, let's just go ahead and get into it. I don't need to, you know, do any prefacing or write a forward about it. Let's just get into it. Okay, it says here, first of all, let me say, I know my worth. Coming out the gate, sisters let me know. Be advised, honey boo-boo. Um, I know my worth. Okay. First of all, let me say, I know my worth. I am 26, but I very much present like a well-put-together woman twice my age. Twice my age, so like you present like a 52-year-old. Okay, let me go back. First of all, let me say, I know my worth. I'm 26, but I very much present like a well-put-together woman twice my age. I am single and childless with a college degree, and I always make sure I can live well. I am very spiritually aware and conscious, so much so that I feel like the people that are closest to me are just not there. Oh, they don't get me. I am at a place where I have truly lost the happiest parts of me. I went through a terrible on and off relationship. And in order to avoid being hurt, I leaned to disable. I think that's I learned. I'm sorry. 
I learned to disable my emotions. I also have the trait of not burdening other people with my woes, so I come off very happy. I recently got comfortable reaching out to my closest friends and family for advice for the first time in a very long time. That shit didn't work. I don't want to Virgo all over the place. I love that they mention their um, astrological sign. I don't want to Virgo all over the place, but they offered me corny ass TikTok advice that I already knew. I practice taking care of myself every single minute of every day, but I can't seem to get back to a place of true happiness. I'm trying, but I'm just lost and fear. I'm too deep in this defensive state. Money doesn't help. My friends and family make it worse. Self-care and self-improvements don't help. Please tell me what will. And that is from Kay of Milwaukee. Kay, this is what I live for. So the way this is going to go is that I'm just going to break this shit down like section by section, okay? So first of all, in this, I don't want you to be defensive. You already said you're in a defensive state. I want you to know that um, I'm not here to make anybody feel bad. I'm not judging because who am I to judge? Because I got my shit too, sis. And when I was 26, I have to say I couldn't imagine being 26 in this day and age. I can't. So let's just, let's get into this. So the first thing you say is, first of all, let me say I know my worth. Um, you, I see that without you telling me later on saying that you're too deep in this defensive state, it's coming off the page, sis. Like it's hot. You're coming in hot with um, being defensive. Okay. Um, and a little judgy, which makes sense because when you're in 20, in your 20s, like you think you know everything and that's normal behavior. I was that way, you know, I've been that way since I was a teenager though. Um, like I was that way, it's, it's understandable. But I think that um, when you say I'm very spiritually aware and conscious so much so that I feel like the people that are closest to me are just not there, they don't get me. Um, you'd be surprised that, and this is something that you learn as you get older, you'd be surprised that the people that you think are not spiritually aware or spiritually conscious or conscious-minded, um, like you can learn something from everybody. So don't dismiss them like there's nothing that you can learn or nothing that you can gain from being around them because it kind of comes across like you are being condescending toward them, and that's not okay. Because these are the people that love you and that care for you and they're going to be there for you when you hit the place where you don't even know how to be there for yourself. And it happens to everybody and it's coming. So because you're still very young. Um, so just be mindful, I would say, um, of how you speak about um, those closest to you, particularly when it comes to saying that, you know, you have a, you're single, you don't have a child with a college degree and you live well and you're spiritually aware and conscious. Those are things, those things are all amazing things. Those are great things. So I'm not saying it like, 
um, it's a bad thing. Those are all amazing things. But just because other people may not live the way you live or be as spiritually aware as you are or as conscious as you are or have a degree or maybe they have children and, you know, they're in relationships that don't work out for them, whatever the case is, don't look down on them because it says more about you than it does about them if you're doing that. And from the sound of it, you got a lot of shit to work out uh, before you can uh, look down on somebody else. You know, it's kind of like the, there's a song, a gospel song that says, sweep around your own front steps before you try to sweep around mine. The good thing is that you are trying to sweep around your own steps, but you are also like judging people while you're sweeping around your own steps. Kind of like Bonita Betrayal from um, uh, In Living Color. You're too young to know who that is, but Google In Living Color, Bonita Betrayal, and you'll know who I'm talking about. Okay, it says that they don't get me. I'm in a place where I've truly lost the happiest parts of me. Um, you had a terrible on and off relationship. You learn to disable your emotions. That doesn't really work. I've tried that. It doesn't really work. Um, you come across very happy, excuse me, because you don't burden other people with your woes. Um, that's a classic uh, Virgo trait. And... Um, the tricky part about that is that it, it lets me know that you're living a very inauthentic life. That can make you very uncomfortable, okay? That will lead you to being unhappy because you can't be yourself. So you have to put on a mask and be somebody else. And um, that is uncomfortable. And it's funny you said you reached out to your closest friends and your family for advice, the same people who... You said they don't get you and they're just not on your level um, and it didn't work. They gave you corny ass TikTok advice that you already knew. Let me just go straight to it. OK, let me get to it. Since you need to go to therapy. OK, that that's it. That's it. That's it. And that's all. OK, because it sounds like what you are dealing with is um, some shit that you got to work out within you. And it, sound, it also sounds like you are aware of that, okay? You got to get some professional help because your family ain't going to do it. TikTok ain't going to do it. Ain't no man going to do it. Ain't no homegirl going to do it. Your cousin ain't going to do it for you. Self-care ain't going to do it um, by itself. Being spiritually aware and conscious. You ain't that spiritually aware and conscious because you ain't. Um, it, that ain't going to do it either. You need you need a, a sidekick. You need uh, some professional help because you need to get to the root of why you are so defensive. You need to go to the root of what's really going on with Kay, okay? And I don't really know. I can't break it down. I mean, I can see a lot through what you wrote. I can see through it a lot. And I'm not going to sit down and like pick you apart like that. But at the end of the day, walk, not walk, excuse me, run, do not walk to your nearest uh, technological device. Go to Psychology Today and put in your zip code and start doing the research to look for a therapist because you have to get to the root of this or you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. And please be advised that the same way you said you very much present like a well-put-together woman of twice your age, Double that 26. If you don't get any help when you're 52, you're going to still be feeling like this and you'll still be miserable and you'll still be unhappy. And who the fuck wants to spend their life like that? 
You don't deserve that. You deserve all of the goodness that God or whoever you believe in, whatever you believe in, you have. It's your birthright to be happy and joyful. So go claim it. But you got to get some professional help because somebody got to hold you accountable for some of the stuff that you're doing, some of the stuff that you're saying. Go get to the root of it, sis. Find somebody that can help you, that's going to hold you accountable, that's going to tell you the truth, that's not biased, that does not know, you know, the intricacies of who you are, that's going to listen to you and give you and offer you some professional advice to help you get to a better place. Because what you're doing ain't working. Okay. And that's the first step. I operate on a, it's a triple A system. You got to acknowledge that there's an issue. You've done that. I'm proud of you. <laughs> then you got to accept that you can't fix it by yourself. You can't do this by yourself. And accept that the way you and you've been doing it, it ain't working. <laughs> Lastly, you got to take some action, Kay. And the action for you is. Finding a therapist. It's the only way, like realistically. And a good song, um, Erica Badu has a song. What is it? Try a little yoga for a minute, but it won't let go. I can't think of that fucking song. Shit. Dang it, I can't think of it. But either way, by the time I put this out, but by the time this comes out, I would have thought about it. And I'm going to put the song in the show notes because I'm going to look it up. But there's a song that Erica Badu has where she says she tried to do all these things, but it didn't work. She tried a little yoga. She um, got a good book and got all in it. Tried a little yoga for a minute, but it won't let go. I'm going to I'm gonna put it in the show notes. I want you to listen to that song too. Listen to it while you are on the internet looking for a therapist. Okay, I really hope everything works out for you. I love you, sis. I am praying for your happiness. I am praying for your joy. And I am praying for your release. Okay? Be well, sis. Listen, following up that straight facts question, this we gotta do better Uh, segment is imperative and so relevant. And I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking. I'm going to get straight to it. It is from none other than Queen Auntie in Georgia, Stacey Abrams. And it says, we must cease being participants in our own oppression. One more time for the one time. We must cease being participants in our own oppression. It's real simple. A lot of us are playing victim and we the ones at the helm. We the ones cooking it up in the pot. Stop be, stop playing, stop doing this to yourself. One more time, this is the last time. We must cease being participants in our own oppression. The very first thing that I want to do is say thank you to God first because God is supreme and I recognize and appreciate the grace that God extends me every single day of my black ass life. I want to say thank you to my people. 
I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that's been rocking with me since day one. Ever since March the 1st of 2020, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I truly appreciate you for being here with me. And even if you just started listening today, or if you started listening on June the 13th, I thank you for that as well. Either way, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for my family, my friends, my friends and kin, all of my supporters, and of course, most importantly, every single one of you guys out there listening. I love y'all so much, and it is nothing short of a privilege for me to be able to share my time, my voice, my thoughts, my opinions, and my energy with you, especially if you decide to keep coming back and spending time with me. I look forward to the next time that we get to do this with one another. Now, before you exit out of whatever streaming service you're using to listen to this, stop what you're doing. And if you haven't already done so, look for the subscribe or follow button. Click on it if there's an option on the streaming service where you're listening. Next, I want you to go on over to Instagram and follow me at handmemypurse underscore podcast. Also, follow me on threads via Instagram at the same name. You can find my threads account in my Instagram profile. Also, follow me on Twitter at HMMP, that's Hand Me My Purse, HMMP underscore podcast. And on Facebook, just search Hand Me My Purse podcast. I'm calling it Twitter, but apparently he who shall not be named has changed the name of Twitter to X. We're not even going to go there because you know what? People are insane. Anyway, moving forward. Stick to the game plan. If you listen to Hand Me My Purse on a streaming service or medium that allows you to do so, please take two to three minutes and rate and review the show or give it a thumbs up if you can. It doesn't take long. I'm asking you kindly, asking very nicely, if you could please just go to Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening, and leave a review for my show. Okay? Thank you. Friends and can be sure to share Hand Me My Purse with your friends, your loved ones, and even your enemies because the best way for people to find out about this show is by you telling them all about it. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Please submit your questions for the Straight Facts segment to either hello at handmemypurse.com with the subject line Straight Facts or you can send me a DM on Instagram or X or I've made it even easier in the profile, in my profile on Instagram and on threads, you can click the link in my bio and it'll take you to a list of like links or buttons. There's a button there that says submit a question for straight facts. Boom. It's right there, right in your face. Tadao, tickal, black cacao. Just click it right there. So go to my Instagram profile, click the link in my bio. And you'll see it as plain as day. Submit a question for the straight facts segment. Boom. And who knows? Your question may be featured on an upcoming show like Kay's was today. Also, remember that the show notes are always available in the episode description wherever you are listening to the show. Be sure to look at the show notes because that is where I put all of the links and other information that I mentioned during the show that you may want to check out in addition to some stuff that I just want to share with you. Also, just so you know, the music for Hand Me My Purse is provided by none other than West Baltimore's own Gloomy Tunes. 
And last but not least, I want to give a big old shout out to my producers, Evan and Taylor. I love those guys. They put up with a lot for me. Together, we are Rando Banjo and the Dirty Throats. I look forward to you all looking forward to listening to Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, each and every Tuesday. And I'm out this bitch. Peace. Hand Me My Purse is a production of iHeart Podcasts. For more shows from iHeart Podcasts, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.